Welcome to Everyday Kink, where we're going to discuss everyday kinks. Um, this is sort of like a way to answer questions, um, find out more about kink and BDSM and what it means to you, things that you have in your everyday life that can add to your kink and BDSM experience. I know a lot of people get nervous about stepping into the lifestyle because they feel like you have to spend all this money on gear and things of that nature when and honestly you can keep it very low tech and very grassroots and very grounded and get more of that emotional connection that mental connection and get the same experience that you would if you were to spend a bunch of money on a bunch of other equipment we're also going to be talking to people i'm going to try to get some people on here that we can interview that we can, um, you know, pick their brains. Everything from polygamy to all the different fetishes, sex workers, people just starting, people who have been doing this for a while. We're gonna discuss different techniques which are made to enhance your experience, things that you could try in your own life with your own partners. Um, this is a judge-free zone. This is where you're free to express yourself about your wants and your needs as it comes to and pertains to BDSM. I am your host, Dan Warren, or as subs would call me, sir. And like I said, come on in, sit down, grab a tea, or grab your water, and enjoy a conversation that could be enlightening and beneficial. So, first, let's talk about BDSM and kink and your understanding to it. Now, towards the world, the biggest example of BDSM and kink is probably going to be Fifty Shades of Grey, which is a great dramatization of what BDSM and kink is. There's a lot more components to it that they didn't cover in the movies or the books because they're movies and books. So, let's tackle the first thing that people normally think about when they think about BDSM and kink. And that is the physical nature of BDSM and kink. A lot of people, when someone talks about the lifestyle, they automatically think physically. Oh, but to the contrary, BDSM and kink is about, let's say, 60% mental and emotional. You see, there's a exchange of power, a trust, a respect, a care. Those are the basic building blocks for a great BDSM and kink relationship. And... Some BDSM kink relationships aren't about the physical, the physical nature of it. They're not physical. They're more mental. They're more spiritual. Because from a therapeutic standpoint, BDSM and kink can help you work through issues that you have. Anxieties. It can help you work through your depression. There's a lot of things that BDSM can do on a mental, spiritual, and emotional level 
that a lot of people don't realize because we've highlighted the more physical aspects of this. When someone talks about getting kinky or being into BDSM, a majority part of the vanilla society, and vanilla meaning the more plain society, they'll say, oh, she likes when I smack her in the ass, or he likes being choked, or they like it a little bit rough, or if I talk dirty. And a lot of people feel that that's, you know, that's what it means to be to be DSM and kink. And that's the first thing for the truth. There is a very soft, warm edge to it when done properly. I repeat, when done properly. There are a lot of people who may not like BDSM and kink because their experience within the lifestyle was with someone who wasn't as experienced or as knowledgeable as they pretended to be. Therefore, the experience became horrible. And so, therefore, their thoughts on the lifestyle is horrible. And it's not because BDSM is horrible. It's just a person that they chose to participate with wasn't the best person for them. Or, as with anything, there are some things that some persons or some people do that you may like. On the flip side, if another person does it to you, it may be the most amazing thing in the world. You see, experiences are all about the people who you experience them with. So your BDSM experience may not be representative of... BDSM itself, but of the person you chose to connect with. There's a lot of little intricate things that go on to it. It's not just using toys and spanking people. It's a lot more that goes into it. There's a lot more that can dictate your experience and how you feel about it and how you do it. But I digress. This is just a light little dipping your toes in the water about the whole subject. After this, we're going to talk about a very interesting concept. It's called the exchange of power. And we're going to talk about who actually has the power in a BDSM and kink relationship. Stay tuned. Alright, so let's talk about the first technique that Fairly simple for you to do. You don't have to buy anything fancy or expensive. You can pretty much do it for what you have at your house. And this is called the paper cuff technique. I know what you're thinking. Paper cuffs? No, paper cuffs. Have you ever seen the paper chain links that you make? Well, you're pretty much doing the same thing and instead of making a paper chain link, you're going to make paper handcuffs. And instead of stapling them together, you're going to interlock them like you would if you were doing the paper chain link. Now, here's what you do. And this is just a set example. Feel free to deviate from the path and add more to it if you want to. But this is the basic setup. I like to do things in intervals. So let's just say, for five minutes, you're going to put your partner, your sub, in these 
paper handcuffs. You're going to tell them, for five minutes, I am going to pamper you. I am going to pleasure you. I'm going to do everything that you'd like to have done for you for five minutes. The only stipulation is you are not allowed to break these paper handcuffs. If you break the paper handcuffs, you must be punished and we have to start all over again. But when we start all over again, we're either adding paper ankle cuffs or we take away one of the things that you'd like for me to do. And we're going to keep doing this until we actually reach the five-minute mark. Now, I know what you're thinking. What's so kinky about that? What is so, what's so fun about that? Why, why are you doing that? Paper cuffs would be easy to break. Therein lies the point. So, a lot of BDSM and kink is more mental than physical. You understand what I'm saying? It's more mental than physical. It's the exchange of power. It's the excitement of not having to make decisions. A lot of it's mental. The physical part is like the bonus. It's like the icing on the cake. But a lot of it is very mental. That's why BDSM and kink can be very therapeutic for some people. So, for this exercise, what we're doing is we're enhancing sensation through control. But the control due to the paper cuffs isn't a physical control. It's a mental control. Let me explain. You see, your partner, since you're going to be doing all the stuff that they enjoy, the first time, they're going to break the cuffs. They're going to break the cuffs. They're going to get that interruption. When you start all over again, in the back of their mind, they're not going to want it to stop for the next time. So they're going to try to start controlling themselves. Now, for those who are familiar with restraints during BDSM, not being able to, like, grab your partner or hug your partner or touch your partner while they're doing something to you enhances that sensation, that feeling. And it builds up. And that's what we're doing. We're building it up. And mentally, you, you put yourself in a frame of mind where, since there's no real full outlet for you, so the feelings and the energy just bounces back and forth, back and forth, back and forth inside you. And it kind of increases the sensation. It's like a volcano. You cap it, and it can't explode. Remember for that? Matter of fact, perfect, perfect example, soda pop. You have to soda in the can, you're shaking it up, you're shaking it up, you're shaking it up, you're shaking it up, you're shaking it up. It has no release. When you finally pop the top, everything comes exploding out. It's pretty much the same theory. Now, as you go on with this, if you're not going to take away things that they like to have done with you, then you add something. So you add the paper ankle cuffs. Maybe you add a line, a paper that connects 
the wrist restraints to the ankle restraints. There's so many things and little variations you can do to this. And it's all stuff you have at your house. It's technically all stuff you have at your house. If you have a printer, you have that. If you have a notebook, you have that. Newspaper, you have that. It's just stuff that you simply have that gives off the same effect as if you were to spend a lot of money, but the effect of it is a lot better because we're with the other like expensive wrist and ankle restraints, a lot of the focus is on the physical restraining nature of it. With the paper handcuffs and the paper wrist, uh, ankle restraints, you're focusing on the mental because they're telling their minds they can't move. Therefore, they restrain themselves. And in their mind, they now start equating that restraint with stronger feelings. So then now, when you go from the paper cuffs to actual cuffs, it even makes that even much more better because they're going to equate that to what you just did with them. It's a mental game. It's a mental game that is made to enhance everything. And, and the side effect is also a very big trust thing. Because as you're doing this, the dominant is trusting that their partner will take it seriously. So now normally, it's the submissive trusting the dom with the power that they've given them. Right? You're trusting that your dom is going to protect you. It's not going to do anything too rough to you. Uh, respect your safe words and things of that nature. But this is reversed. Because now as a dominant, you are trusting that your submissive will take this seriously enough to adhere to the rules Therefore, they can benefit from it. It's a very weird trust slash control thing because as control, the submissive in the cuffs can easily break the cuffs or not take it seriously. So therefore, that whole issue becomes a non-point. But, how seriously the submissive takes this exercise is their control. So even in the submissive position, they still have that control. And that control comes from the trust the Dom gives them. It's almost like the reverse of what normally happens. It's a very interesting concept. I remember when I was thinking about this, and I'll be honest, I heard a guy talk about this on TikTok. And I sat down, and I was like, that's very interesting. Very interesting. It's a very interesting thing because it just seemed a lot more mental than physical. You know, paper cuffs aren't solid. They're flimsy, depending on the paper that you use. But in hindsight, when you're working out through your head, it's ingenious, and I don't know why more people aren't doing it. It's something you can do anywhere. Literally something you can do anywhere. You can be at a hotel. You can be, you know, not to say I suggest you do this, but you can be at a school. You can be in your house, your living room. You can be anywhere. As long as you have some paper 
or a magazine or a newspaper or anything that has something paper that you can cut up and use, there you go. Simple, right? So, next time you're with your partner, whether you're a dominant or submissive, try this out. Let me know how it goes. And I promise you, as silly as it sounds, it's going to be a very, very interesting experience. All right, now let's talk about holistic BDSM. It's just a weird concept, right? If you think about it, to some people, BDSM is very physical. Very physical. You could blame that all like Fifty Shades of Black and then the quote-unquote kink BDSM lyrics you hear in music and just how it's portrayed in general. But a lot of people don't realize that there is a very much so big mental component of it, which connects to the very spiritual component of it. Now, holistic BDSM works along the same theory as tantric massages or tantric lovemaking. It's not all about the touch. It's about the anticipation, the feeling, the sharing of energy, the transfer of energy. Transfer of energy is the same as transfer of power. In some cases, especially when it involves holistic BDSM. Let me give you an example. If you are laying on a bed and your partner has their lips maybe an inch or two away from your belly, they're not touching you. But it's the anticipation of that weight, the energy that you feel from their breath, or the aura that you feel off of their belly, or to you as they're just hovering over you. That in itself is such a joyful feeling because you know what's going to happen you know it you ran it through your mind thousands and thousands of times but it's not happening but for some reason it's having the same effect on you because spiritually you're connected through that anticipation through that closeness that close yet far away feel you have you have connected in this very deep spiritual mental way because mentally and spiritually you're already experiencing what you're going to experience physically you know just like when you know a day is going to be good before you have the good day if you wake up and you know the day is going to be good you're happy you're smiling in your mind you figured out all the things you're going to do when you're going to do it how you're going to do it you've already aligned yourself mentally and spiritually, that today is going to be your day, it's going to be a good day, it's going to be beautiful. And that's before you even experience the day. It's the same thing with holistic BDSM. It's aligning yourself spiritually and mentally and emotionally with your partner and knowing that the experience is going to be good and preparing yourself for that before the actual physical touching. Here is a full thing. Now, all you spiritual people, you have your stones, you have your gems, you have your things that you hold close to you, that you utilize for your spiritual purposes. You have your sage, you have your candles, you have this 
this setup, this, this routine, this process that you have in order to spiritually cleanse yourself or to calm yourself. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever thought about the sexual benefits of adding those things to your sexual process? You probably haven't. So let me tell you to do this. If you have any healing stones, stones that retain a good amount of heat, when you're going to pleasure yourself, place them on your abdomen down to your thigh and let the heat vibrations from the stones enhance the pleasure that you're feeling while touching yourself. Especially if you place them along your chakra points, if you place them along your pressure points, it gives it a whole different feeling. Setting yourself mentally and spiritually in a good headspace, in a good mood for your sexual interaction could go a long way in increasing your sexual enjoyment. See, now people normally, when it comes to sex, it's very physical, it's very sometimes animalistic, sometimes it's slow and seductive, sometimes it's spontaneous. And depending on the situation, you could be really into it, you could be somewhat into it, and you could not be into it. But if you set the stage, if you set the tone, if you make it feel like more of an experience, it will change what you receive from it. If you set your candles, sage your bed, you know, let yourself lie in the sun and soak in all of that positive energy. When you connect your bodies, that energy, that spiritual pressure will combine and wrap itself around you and your experience, your feeling will be a lot better. See, it's all about taking that next step. Anybody can fuck the shit out of anybody. That is just basic. That is basic. Anybody can do it. If you know enough moves, if the person hasn't had sex in a while, if you guys just click chemistry-wise, you can fuck the shit out of each other. You know? But, can you make it a full experience? Like a legitly full experience. Whereas, not just physically do you feel at peace, but mentally and spiritually do you feel like you're on a whole nother level. In order to achieve that, in order to get that feeling, you have to involve more spirituality into it. A lot of cultures, this is where you guys need to do some studying. You can do some research in this. A lot of a lot of cultures see sex as a spiritual thing, a spiritual combination of two like-minded individuals combining to one being to experience the earth and all its glory and the energies from the earth. The Kama Sutra is such a book that explains not just positions, but dimensional and spiritual aspects of sex in these various positions that allow you to pleasure your partner 
in various ways that you normally wouldn't have thought of. You're taking yourself out of that vanilla mind state and you're opening yourself up to a whole new world of holistic sensual interaction. I know, it's a weird word, right? It's a weird thing to say. Holistic, sensual. Some cults. Some cults. Like, okay, I'll give you a perfect example. I watched a movie called Midsummer. Crazy horror movie. I love it to death. But one of the things they had in it is a scene where one of the visitors, one of the male visitors, are going to have sex with one of the female members of this village. And they made it such a ritualistic event. It was it was very spiritual. It was very you know it wasn't just like guy meet girl rip clothes off have sex. There's a lot more to it. It made it seem a lot more deeper. Now the outcome of that it's a horror movie, so you know you can take that in yourself. But if you look at places that view sex as more than just a physical interaction but a spiritual and mental experience you have these large orgies where people lose themselves in the moment and don't overthink things or feel themselves limited by physical appearance and they just enjoy the sensations and spirituality of being with like-minded individuals and you have all these large orgies that were just like insane incest, candles, singing, chanting, humming. Because at the end of the day, even though sex is for procreation or for cessation, that's not its only role. That's not only its only purpose that it serves. Just like with BDSM, you know, spanking, whipping, choking isn't the only aspect of it. There's a lot more that goes on to it. And once we realize that once we master that, our experiences with it will be a lot more than what we're used to. And that is holistic BDSM. Well, thank you for listening to the first podcast of Everyday Kink. I am Dan Warren, your host. Your guide, your negotiator, your liaison to a very new, interesting, and very much so expanding world. Thank you for tuning in. See you soon.